My name is Elise McGannon, and you are listening to the Share Chair Podcast. SNL has been on since the 1970s, inspiring millions of comedians, writers, and actors alike. Today, I talk with Mo, a junior at Loyola Chicago who dreams of writing for SNL. This past summer, Mo worked as a PA on the shows Westworld aired on HBO and Stitchers aired on Freeform, otherwise known as ABC Family. Stick around to hear some hilarious and inspirational stories from Mo. We have Maureen Cordray on the show today, otherwise known as Mo. Um, and you're a junior at Loyola University. Yes, correct? that's correct. Awesome. So where are you originally from? I'm originally from Littleton, Colorado, which is a suburb right outside of Denver. What attracted you to Loyola and like coming here all the way from such a different place? I always thought I would move to Chicago anyway, so the fact that I found a school here that I liked was perfect. Yeah, how? what was like the draw of Chicago specifically? Second City, um, I wanted to take improv at, and like that's kind of silly because it's in a lot of cities. I don't know why I was like, Chicago is the only one, but I just always pictured myself living yeah. here and taking classes. Right, so you said you're a film major. Are you mm. more like, what is your, what are you studying exactly at Loyola? And then like, what is the goal with that com- comedy-wise, if you're intersecting that at all? Uh, I'm studying film and digital media production. So the end goal, I think for me, is sketch comedy. Um, writing it has, like, always been what I wanted to do. So I have, like, a little notebook that I like, write sketches in all the time, like, carry around with me. It's really nerdy. But, um, yeah, so, you know, when I do projects, I try to make them funny, usually, or, like, just kind of weird, because comedy is just kind of weird in general. You've talked to me about, like, dreaming about writing on SNL or for SNL's team before. It's kind of embarrassing, because I feel like every comedian is like, oh, yeah, like, SNL one day. So it's kind of people are like, oh, like, yeah, like, sure, like, that's fine. But, yeah, like, I think I still remember, like, the first episode I ever saw when I was 12 years old in the sixth grade is Michael Phelps. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, and so I just fell in love with that. I was like, this is such a cool show. Like, every week it's different. Like, people put on costumes. They just do, like, little bits. There's music involved. Like, it's such a cool thing for a career to be, like, putting on costumes and making people laugh. And then, like, also it has a social and political critique. But do you have any, like, comedic like idols or people that you look up to specifically in the comedy world and then maybe even the film world if you had any of those as well absolutely love Kristen Wiig I think she's been one of my favorites to come out of Saturday Night Live um Amy Poehler and Tina Fey is like obvious for like a female role model but I also I love Aziz Ansari like I'm a huge Aziz Ansari fan had an internship this past summer um in Hollywood did did Mm -hmm. you want to just describe that a little bit as I was a production assistant in LA um I worked on two TV shows and then I did a private art show at one point and a lot of what like a production assistant does is they you know the classic get coffee for people Um, one of my main jobs was breakfast every morning so I could be in as early as I think my earliest call was 4 a.m. to get the makeup team breakfast because they're in even before that to prep people for the day Um, I would do a lot of hanging out at doors and make sure people wouldn't walk by because it could be in the scene. I drove all over the city picking up props for certain projects. Like one time I just got to hunt for old-fashioned typewriters, which was super cool. So just basically anything that people needed to be done that they don't have time for themselves. What yeah. shows were you working on? 
So I worked on this show called Stitchers that was on Freeform. Um, they just had their third season, yeah. And then the other one was Westworld, which is an HBO show. I'm working mm. on their second season. Very popular, especially Westworld. Yeah, Westworld has a huge following. It had yeah. 22 Emmy nominations. Wow. Did you like build any kind of relationship with the actors, or did you learn anything from them in specifics? You know, I think I built more relationships with people on Stitchers just because it was a smaller production just in terms of like actors and crew so it was a lot easier to have a personal relationship and like Westworld is just such a big show I think they have a budget of I want to say nine million an episode so there's a lot going on like they would have two separate units filming at a time which isn't like unheard of but that doesn't happen like that wouldn't happen at um Stitchers it's just like a lot more intense kind of at Westworld than it was not to say like um, it wasn't hard work, anything at Freeform. It was just, I think, to work for such a dominant network on such a high-volume um, show was mm -hmm. just very different. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. if, yeah, it was crazy. crazy. It Were was you crazy. working on them at the same time? No, so I started off the summer doing Stitchers, and then I worked for an art show, um, and then I did Westworld in okay. like about July. Is there anything that on either of the shows that when you got there you surprised you or did you have any expectations going into these internships? There's a online pocket handbook for PAs. So my um, my mentor was like, you should like read this. And I was like, okay. And then like, I read it and I was like, oh my God, like I'm gonna die. Like I cannot, they're easily replaceable. So if you do something wrong, it's a lot more pressure yeah. on you. So. Uh, and like there's like any so many people want to be in your shoes that's the thing is like there's you know like in Devil Wears Prada where yes. Miranda says like I have girls that would line up dying and do the shop it's the same thing so like when you're there you're just like oh my god like there's just like a, a lot of pressure to yeah. be doing it correctly and like but it's a it's fun work like it was so cool to just see people in like costumes reading scripts like playing with cameras I'm like this is play like you know, it's it's playing it's not defusing a bomb it's mm. you know it's just this is for entertainment purposes like yeah. everyone's fun and creative and that also makes it a very competitive environment which was also an interesting part of it the, the difference between that kind of job like acting or even just the kind of job in a creative field specifically Hollywood um, and specifically for like actors and even costume design and writing and things mm -hmm. that are fun but also you know intense and because it's literally writing or acting and then being judged by people if they like it or not. Right. So if you're not good enough, so to say, or if maybe the pe like people who you're writing for or to just don't seem to like it, that must be very hard. Yeah. And it's like makes it such a competitive field. I would say that my biggest takeaway this summer was that if you really want something or you want to make change, like you have to put in the work you have to put in the hours you have to make the right connections you have to find people that share that same passion and drive and just keep being persistent about things because nothing's going to happen for you overnight and I think if you put in the time and the work like eventually you'll get there I think it's just very easy to get caught up 
in the stress of the journey. It's very easy for people to get discouraged along the process and especially in the terms of entertainment when things are so personal like you know it's like my personal ability to be an actor or a writer or just a comedian in general because you're kind of laying um you're kind of laying your whole heart and soul out there for people to see and it's very easy to take things as negatively when really just you know it might not be the right time or not the right kind of taste or you know whatever but i think that if you really want to make something happen you just gotta do what it takes to stick with it you almost dropped out of school um or didn't come back for your junior year between your sophomore and junior summer because you had been offered a job can you talk about that job offer like what it was and then why you kind of decided so i got offered um a full-time office production assistant position on Bobby Moynihan's new sitcom, Me, Myself, and I, which for someone that wants to be a writer and wants to work for Saturday Night Live, I was like, this is a crazy opportunity. Like, so PAs that work in the office have a better chance of getting into the writing room because it's kind of like um, everyone pays their dues and then like you move up kind of, like that's how the business works. So if you want to be a writer, it's good to work in the office or if you want to be a director or it's good to be like a on-set production assistant, if that makes sense. So I had this opportunity and I was like, this is exactly what I want, this is the way in. I'd be kind of an idiot to let this go, but at the same time, like I had only finished two years of college. It would have absolutely broken my mother's heart if I had dropped out of school. And you know, people always like, oh, like finish your degree, finish your degree. But the thing is, it was so contradicting to what I had experienced all summer because not once had anyone ever asked me where I was going to college or cared. Like no one, like they'd all, like everyone I knew, like you should drop out. Like you're wasting your time. Like this is more time you could be working. I don't know, I I just kind of, I was very conflicted, but ultimately I decided to come back to school because one, you never know what's going to happen, especially it was a new show, which, and it was canceled this last week. Oh, so, wow. yeah, that was... <laughs> like, was that, was that like a moment of relief for you, kind of? Kind of, but, you know, I'll just... Yeah, but, like, I'll, you know, I guess I would have always wondered, like, what would have happened if... Not yeah. like I would have kept the show from being canceled, that's not what I'm saying, but, like, oh, like, who would I have met or what yeah. would I have learned? Kind of, it made me feel like I made the right decision. Like, yeah. I was like, because Hollywood will always be there, mm-hmm. but college and your friends and growing up and living in Chicago, like, I won't always be able to do that. So I figured I might as well take advantage of the next two years of school and yeah. just have fun and be a kid and then come back to all of that craziness later. But how do you practice like comedy and writing in your own time outside of school? I write stand-up in my free time. I, like I mentioned, I have a sketchbook that I carry around or like I have like little notepads that I then move into my sketchbook. It's like, it's it's a process <laughs> um, that I like, you know, anything I hear that's like funny or like inspiration, like I'll write down and then work on it later. I. Um, I'm taking improv classes at both Improv Olympic and Second City and I just got um, cast in two shows like extra for like Second City that are for students that are there so um, I'm just trying to like practice as much as I can you know like get up just play because you know I have no idea which way my career is going to go and I think people like think they have an idea but like life just never turns out the way you want it to but I figure anytime I'm up there like practicing trying new material is awesome because it's in the right direction. 
for women in comedy, I know that there has been more of an influx, I guess, or more of an emphasis on how funny women are and how it need they need to be taken more seriously and hired more often. And also, same goes with diversity, and diversity is probably more so, especially right now. Um, in the early 2000s, you know, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, and everything kind of, they didn't pave the way because there were many women paving mm -hmm. the way. But like, do you have an opinion on women in comedy or maybe just like something to say about it, I guess, being a woman in comedy yourself? Yes, definitely. I think that there is still that existing stigma that women aren't funny. And it's something that women have had to fight for a long time. That is just really unfair because I don't know what it is, but it's like, I don't, I don't know why that exists, but um, I think it's really important for strong, like, female comedians to talk about all varieties of topics and things. Like, I really hate when, like, some f female comedians are just like, oh, like, you know, they just make it, like, sexual or about their bodies or, you know, like, kind of, like, what jokes are already made about women yeah. by men in comedy or, like, that they're loose or, like, whatever. Like, I, I, I think that's a really cheap way of going about it because the whole thing is, like, they need to be seen as being on the same level as men. So, like, yeah. you know, like, they can talk about hanging out with their friends and dating and, like, it's not just about, like, oh, like, shoes or, like, my shopping was hard. Like, you know, like, stuff like that. That's just very, like, they can talk about... Um, whatever they want. So I think it's important that they don't fall into the categories that they are pinned to be in. Like, so something that they talk about in my improv classes is like, don't let people pin you as the prostitute or the wife or just mm. the girlfriend, because that's usually like what they're just called in scenes. It's like, no, like you could be the neuroscientist. You could be the crazy fanatic of a sports team you could be you know like you don't yeah. have to be a mom yeah. culturally races and ethnicities haven't been as um well represented it's usually just been white men in comedy like you mm -hmm. you know you look at the walls at second city most of the headshots are white men but you know like i think things are definitely progressively changing like snl has their first latina cast member this mm -hmm. year which is like really exciting and you know there's big names out there like Aziz Ansari mm. and Hassan Minaj and and then it's like women as well mm. that are like you know like there's Leslie Mann Leslie Mann yeah mm. and then there's like um Wanda Sykes and then mm. um Cecily Strong Cecily Strong yeah Cecily and like you know it's so it's definitely getting a lot better but I think it's definitely still a fight that you have sure. to that women have to put up with to just even be on prominent yeah success and roles yeah there's this documentary called misrepresentation that mm. talks about women in hollywood and just how most movies themselves are about men or even mm. like a romantic comedy that stars a woman like it's still about a man or it makes it like her only value is like a relationship yeah. so i think it's very important to just show that the opportunities that women have just as human beings to be able to do whatever they want because yeah. they should you know they deserve it they work yeah just as hard, they're human beings. Like, yeah. There's no reason why they can't do what men can do. If you could give a piece of advice to anybody, just another human being, it doesn't have to be about your dream, your um, comedic dream or anything, but just like 
human being to human being, like what kind of advice would you give to somebody? One of my favorite pieces of advice I've actually got very recently from an improv coach was that um, a genius is the one most like themselves. Be honest with yourself about like what your dreams and your talents are and like how you can give those to the world despite people telling you that, you know, creative, you know, it's all about STEM, like creative careers don't matter or like your dreams are silly. You will be happier when you do things that are more you and like you can benefit other people better when you're more true and like honest to yourself. Like I can tell you, I, um, when I graduated high school, I got a letter in the mail from my fifth grade teacher that she had kept that whole time that I had no idea we even wrote. And at the very end of my letter, it was like, I hope you're studying either film or theater in college. And I was so shocked because that's exactly what I'm studying in college. But it made me really happy to like realize, you know, I've been following what I've wanted to do despite like my family wasn't always the most supportive of it, you know, no, like, this is what I want to do, I'm going to make it happen, and, like, you can do the things you dream of, you just got to let yourself and not get in the way, despite what you might tell yourself or what others might tell yourself. Thank you so much, Mom, for being on the show, Cherry. It was such a pleasure to get to know your experiences more. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. That's this week's episode of the Share Chair podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just pick your poison and I'm sure we're on it. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another priceless story.